Thank you, Alan. Let's pray together. Lord, we pray that you will, by your Holy Spirit, add your understanding to those words of Jesus, words of challenge and comfort. Help us to hear your voice speaking to us today, to our hearts, and help us to yield to you and to surrender to your will. Amen. If God sends us on stony paths, he provides strong shoes. True words. Words spoken by Corrie Tenboom, a survivor of a concentration camp. And Joseph, too, was a survivor. God, it seems, sent him on a very stony path indeed. Joseph, the dreamer, survived a nightmare experience. He survived threats to his life and well-being. He survived the pit. He survived false accusations. He survived imprisonment. He survived both famine and fame. For in that reading that we heard from Genesis 45, we heard how Joseph survived success, remembering his roots, his family ties, And in that moment of great power, humbly submitting himself to God. Do you remember Joseph's coat of many colors? That handcrafted and richly woven multicolored garment, which is a metaphor, if you like, a symbol of God's handiwork in Joseph's life, the light and the darks woven together. And it just struck me, and perhaps it struck you as well as you heard Alan give that reading from the gospel, the words of Jesus, if someone takes your cloak, give him your tunic also. And it just occurred to me as we were hearing that reading, That's just what happened to Joseph. They took his cloak. So yes, from pit to palace, God's own hand was weaving the pattern of Joseph's life, just like the pattern of his multicolored coat. And God, in his wisdom, left the brightest tints until last. And it can be like that sometimes in our lives. God leaves the brightest colors until last. The colors of sunset. And Joseph understood all this. At the end of it all, the mask was off, the blindfold was off, and Joseph understood it clearly. He knew that although God had sent him on a stony path, God was there. God was 
working out his purposes for Joseph and the nation. And only God could see the whole picture. Only God could see the end from the beginning. And isn't it true, like Joseph, we don't always understand why things happen in our lives the way they do. Why, like Joseph, our plans and dreams fail. And we find ourselves facing challenge after challenge, disappointment after disappointment. Yet like Joseph, we also affirm today that God has not abandoned us, but his mysterious plan is being unfolded. That God has a larger plan and a larger purpose for you and for me. Joseph that day was able to see the bigger picture. And so may it be with us. The experience of Joseph anticipated the truth of the Apostle Paul when he said, all things work together for good. For those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Nothing could separate Joseph from the love of God. Not his youthful arrogance with the coat of many colors. Not the pit or the palace not the fame, not the power. Because he knew from beginning to end strong hope. He knew himself to be a man sent by God. And three times in our reading, we hear Joseph allaying his brother's fears by declaring It's okay. God sent me. God sent me. God sent me. And here, Joseph does not only want to reveal to his brothers his own true identity, but he also wants to finally finally reveal something of God's identity, something of God's plan in it all. Yes, Joseph, the survivor, was sent by God to accomplish the purposes of God. So what did God send Joseph to do? And coupled with that, what is he sending you to do in this coming week? What is he sending us to be as a church? Well, here... I see three reasons, three points that I want to share with you why Joseph was sent by God. Firstly, Joseph was sent by God to save. He said to his brothers, don't be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth 
and to keep alive for you many survivors. Joseph was sent by God to save God's people through that wisdom in and through the events of Joseph's life, God was at work bringing good out of evil. And in the final chapter of Genesis, chapter 50, Joseph reassures his brothers with these words, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And isn't that just our mission? A mission of salvation that we offer to our town and our villages. To to save the needs physically and spiritually. Joseph was sent by God to save. To feed his people. And secondly, Joseph was sent by God to be an instrument of unity. I mean, if you were there in that moment, standing in powerful Joseph's shoes with your trembling brothers at your feet, wouldn't just a little part of you want to avenge that terrible wrong that was done to you so long ago? by taking away their liberty or even their lives. Wouldn't that be human? Yet that wasn't Joseph's way because it isn't God's way. And first and last, Joseph is God's man. Joseph is God's man. Forgiveness prevailed. And that is God's way. Listen again to the reconciling words of Joseph to his brothers. Come close to me. Do not be angry with yourselves. And I note that later in verse 24, as his brothers were leaving, he sent them on their way with that much-loved phrase used by journeying families. Do not quarrel on the way. (laughs) don't quarrel on the way. So in his family, Joseph has become this instrument of unity, a peacemaker, a bridge builder. And my word, don't we need more Josephs in our world today? Peacemakers, bridge builders. Think of Europe. We can't think of anything else, it seems. Brothers in Moscow, have brothers in Kiev. And we pray that they will see that brotherly solidarity. Here is reconciliation between Joseph and his brothers. It's a challenge, isn't it? When you find yourself having that power to either forgive or to blame... Do you use that language of reconciliation? Come close to me. Do not be angry. Don't quarrel. 
Could it be that God has sent us to be an instrument of unity in our families, in the workplace, in the marketplace, in our community? It's not easy. Easy to preach, very difficult to live in practice. To hold out the hand of friendship. To turn the other cheek. In church, we know every church is a family. Every church is a family and sometimes like families there are squabbles, there are disagreements, there is falling out. And sometimes when we face challenges the church, when like Joseph we can feel in the dark, when resources are low, when we don't see the big picture, when we don't have that God's eye view, it's easy for discord and disagreements to take root. And sometimes that's never far away in any church congregation. It's something we always have to guard against and something we often pray about in our church prayer meeting, God's protection and covering and unity in our church, one between another. We have a ministry of reconciliation, and it begins with us. To obey the radical teaching of Jesus. His words urge us to watch our words. He said, listen, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. All very active demands. And while it may be impossible for us to feel some of those things, it's not impossible for us to act in certain ways. That is within our power. And Jesus shows us the way how to act in moments of conflict. Do good. Pray, bless. So let's follow those actions. To do good, to bless one another, to pray for one another. May God unite us as his body, stronger and stronger, instruments of unity, his peacemakers. Joseph was sent by God to be an instrument of unity. And then, thirdly and lastly, we see here in Genesis 45 how Joseph was sent by God to serve. Joseph said to his brothers, I will provide for you there. I will provide for you there. He sent them on their way with food. And although Joseph would always be the youngest brother, he had the greatest responsibility to provide for his family and the people. A reminder not to ignore the youngest, the least. And so Joseph here in this moment put his position, 
his power, his wealth, and his wisdom at the service not of himself, but of the people of Egypt and Israel. And we are sent to do the same. We are sent to serve. Joseph was sent to serve the hungry in a time of famine. And today, we too are sent to save the hungry and call others for this similar wise planning for the future and a sharing of the earth's resources. Genesis 41 verse 56 tells us, Joseph opened the storehouses. A wonderful picture. Big doors being pushed open. The food banks open. And we pray today that God will move and open the storehouses of the wealthy to save the poor. We pray for the Spirit of God to break open the doors of the storehouses that God's good news to the poor will be accomplished today. And we commit ourselves as we go from here, sent by God, to use our talents, our time, our resources, our influence, our love in serving others. Partners with God in the strength of his Holy Spirit. Sent to serve. And importantly, Joseph didn't overlook the needs of his immediate family. And to all who are active in the Christian work, in volunteering, in our service, we must not overlook the needs of our families. So who is God sending you to this week? To whom can you say this week, I will provide for you there? I hope you'll be here next Sunday morning when we welcome Peter Barton to share with us again about the work he is involved with, Adopt a Child that we've supported for many years here. Adopt a child says to children and families, I will provide for you there. And finally, as I close, with Lent on the horizon, let's remember that in many ways, this life of Joseph prefigures or anticipates the life of Jesus Christ. Like Joseph, Jesus was sold for pieces of silver. Like Joseph, Jesus was sent by God to save. He is the friend of the poor. Like Joseph, Jesus was sent to serve, taking the towel and the bowl, setting us an example. Like Joseph, Jesus was sent by God to be an instrument of unity, reconciling us by his cross, praying, Father, forgive.
by the measure that we have received, so let us give. As we go from here, like Joseph, we are sent by God to serve, sent by God to be an instrument of unity, and sent by God to serve. In these days, weeks, and months ahead, whatever lies before us, wherever our journey takes us, if God sends us on stony paths, he provides strong shoes. Thanks be to God. Amen.